When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Yeah, so I asked you to record a little bit early because I was bored. And then I stumbled upon this incredible thing that I actually posted to Twitter from our account, the At The Turn account. It is the 1963 match between a 23-year-old Jack Nicholas and 51-year-old Sam Snead at Pebble Beach. And it is digitally remastered in color and high definition and you get to see pebble how it was like 60 years ago it's i've only seen 10 holes but it's sensational so big recommend to you and everybody for sure yeah. is it on what's it on youtube yeah it's on youtube like the pga tour is in charge mm. of it so yeah you, you can get lost in a i got lost in a sam's need youtube wormhole it was fun anyway welcome into another edition of at the turn I am Joe. That is Nick. We're talking about Sam Snead for a reason, Nick, for a reason. You know why? It's because we want to start this show talking about everyone's favorite left-handed golfer. No, not Mike Weir. Phil Mickelson, who is now two for two on the Champions Tour. Nick, you got it done again. I think it's almost an embarrassment for the Champions Tour that – (laughs) <laughs> Phil just comes in whenever he wants. He can't make a cut on the PGA Tour, but whenever he feels like cashing a paycheck and taking home a trophy, he shows up on the Champions Tour and just gets a win. I, You know what I read just like 10 minutes ago? Jim Furyk also this year won his first two Champions Tour starts. Where have I been? But Not wow. watching the Champions Tour like everybody Seriously. else. Yeah, and I don't know if this makes me want to watch it more or less. 
I mean, have it has has Phil Mickelson or anything changed your viewing habits of the Champions Tour? Nothing's going to make you change. I guarantee no. when Tiger's fifty years old, you're going to tune in, but you're you're still not going to care. It's still lower level golf. This means nothing for Phil Mickelson on the PGA Tour. It's not as though people go in the Champions Tour, light it up, found this renewed confidence, and then go take that to the big tour. Nick, you know how many people have won PGA Tour events in their fifties ever? Um, I'll bet you five, seven, hmm. seven. The oldest golfer ever to win a PGA Tour event is Sam Snead at age 52. So again, God, I wish Bert Tom Hart- Watson would have won that British Open <laughs> 10 years ago. That would have been it's, sick. He would have blown up every statistic. Oh my God. He was 59. But point is, Bernhard Longer has been dominating this tour for over a decade now. And he plays well at Augusta, but... If he was to go in the PGA Tour, he'd still be struggling to make cuts. They set these these courses up. I mean, it's relative. We'd still shoot bad scores there. But if you put Roy McIlroy on one of these courses, he's going to probably shoot in the low 60s every stinking round. So it's impressive. It's fun that Phil's doing this. It's cool to see him winning. Looks like he's in great shape. Maybe he'll play well at Augusta. But this isn't going to translate into wins in the PGA Tour. I still think he'll probably win again on the PGA Tour, but I don't think he's going to do it at a consistent clip. There's no precedent for it. No. And I wish, I wish this did make me want to watch more. Like I want, I'm like, yeah, Bill Mickelson in contention on a Sunday, even if it's the Champions Tour, I'm for sure down to watch that. But all week, I was so pumped to watch like primetime golf being out in Vegas and I think I maybe watched an hour of the CJ Cup. Like, I just, I just never, when the time was there, felt that motivation to go sit on my couch and turn on the golf. And so if, if that's the case for primetime PGA Tour golf at Shadow Creek, it's going to be probably a little even tougher to uh, turn on Phil in the uh, last round of the Champions Tour. Yeah, the Champions Tour is never really going to move the needle. It's just not that exciting. It's a bunch of guys who are past their prime, still playing well. I mean, these guys are still shooting. I mean, what Phil shoot, like 18 under this week? Like, it's still impressive to see him light it up like that. But I just don't care. I, I honestly just don't care. Two wins and two starts on that tour. What does that say to you? It says that the fields aren't very strong. <laughs> it's it, it says that he's beating a bunch of old guys. I mean, what are we doing here? It's cool. It's fun. Phil's around with the aviators. He's hitting it past Phil is the youngest of the old guys, so he's supposed to win. It's not like Jim Furyk's game all of a sudden is going to come alive and he's going to compete in events in the PGA Tour. He's beaten a bunch of old guys. Ernie Els hasn't done anything in the last five years in the PGA Tour. Oh, my God, Ernie's winning on the Champions Tour. This is just what happens. It's good because they want to promote these big-name golfers, and that is supposed to be the pull for this tour, and it's fun. I went to it. They have an event out in the – hinterlands up in washington the boeing classic and that's a hoot to go to i mean it got 10 feet away from freddie couples they're fun to go to live if there's nothing going on a sunday afternoon sure i'll watch old man ernie hit a yellow golf ball that sounds great but as far as this translating to phil mickelson having like this resurgence in his career where he's going to win half a dozen more times it's not going to happen now my man did win in 2019 at Pebble Beach. That happened. It was just last year, Nick. Feels like a lifetime ago, but that was just last year. Phil can wasn't do the, it. Wasn't the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach in 2019? <laughs> he peaked early. Wow. He peaked early. Oh, he peaked early. Just another layer 
on the onion that is that is Phil Mickelson's U.S. Open career. So, I mean, to put a button on Phil, he he's going to play at the Zozo, uh, the house that Tiger Woods built, and that's in California. Then he's going to play in the Houston Open, and uh, then it's then it's Augusta. Then we're driving down Magnolia Lane. See if Phil can slip on a fourth green jacket. Mm, golf's about to get good. Golf's about to get good. Um, Speaking so, of golf, I'm going I'm going off the rails. JT Poston, who won the CJ Cup. Um, he tweeted something today about like even my mom calls me the other JT. <laughs> <laughs> I I do regret not watching more of this because it seems like he's really really enjoying his um his win. He posted a picture of himself. For, I I'm assuming from what was his freshman year of college at Western Carolina, unless it was just a picture of somebody else. But um, he's really enjoying this attention, and it, it seems like it could have been a little it could have been a fun one to watch. Wait. Who won the CJ Cup? I don't, I don't. I don't think you have that right, Nick. Who won the CJ Cup? Jason Kokrak by oh. two shots over Xander Schauffele. Are you a week late? What? What's going on what? here? What? I don't know. Who won the CJ Cup? Jason Kokrak. I'm looking at what it right JT now. What is JT Poston posting about? I, I don't know why JT Poston is posting. <laughs> Look. Well, Jason Kokrak, JT Poston. Who? It does <laughs> Okay. We're gonna we're gonna move on. Um, Nick, you very excitedly texted me and our dear friend Romy, our other good golf buddy, about a revolution in the game of golf, something that was gonna change the way you look at the game as you know it. So I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna sit back, I'm gonna listen to you regale me with stories of the single plane. What's happening? So <sighs> I uh I don't know, a week or two ago, I had some TV on in the background. I was with golf on. I was doing chores, and I, you know, I heard some comment about, oh, you know, so and so was eliminating the variables in his swing, and it's really coming around, you know. And and I didn't really think anything of it. But the next morning, I come down. I'm, I'm brewing my coffee. I'm just sitting, kind of lounging a little bit, and I was like, I should, I could probably use less variables in my swing. <laughs> so I go down this like 45 minute rabbit hole. Of course, you type it in. It's, of course, it was Bryson DeChambeau, and I'm like, oh Jesus, of course. But um, you know, it's, it's, oh my God, it's all this like secret one plane swing society. And, uh, my first reaction is like, I would, I would never look like that on a golf course. But then I was like, oh, I'll go to the backyard and, and, and whack a few balls and see what happens. And I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of see the merits of this. Okay. Wait and, a minute. I have to mm-hmm. pause you right there. So yeah, sure. For folks that aren't familiar with what single plane means, can you, Give me the elevator pitch of what this swing looks like compared to, say, the reverse C of the Jack Nicholas. So essentially, in a in a golf swing, you set up, and your your club shaft and your arms are at like I don't know a little bit of an angle, but then at impact, they're essentially a straight line. So rather than throughout the course of your swing changing that plane, you're just starting out in essentially the impact position with your arms and your club shaft on a straight line, and then just swinging it back and retracing that same line through, which in theory will eliminate the variables. You're not relying on timing and, you know, basically going from one position to another, you're just staying in the same position back and through. And it's supposed to, you're just supposed to, I mean, if you read about the stuff about Mo Norman, theoretically, Allegedly the best ball striker of all time. Um, 
so that's that's the theory is that you're just you're eliminating these variables by starting on the same plane that you're going to finish on. So did you uh, shoot 78 this weekend? I did not shoot 78 this weekend. No, but um, I so I went out that weekend. I, I played around a golf um, and I don't know. It was there, there was some encouraging results for sure. Like the, the ball seemed to go a lot straighter. My misses, there was like significantly less, almost no side spin on the ball. So even if I would miss hit it, it would be thinner fat, but it would go straight up the, straight up the hole. Um, there's no feel in it, which is weird. It's just a very robotic, like if you watch Bryson swing and it looks robotic, like for me, it feels just as robotic, which is just very weird. And especially when you get into like 65 yard shots, it becomes very confusing as to how you're going to hit those shots. So it's kind of weird, but. I don't know. My golf, I, mean, I just, my golf game is plateaued. I'm, I, you know, I'm playing, I'm kind of shooting in the mid to high nineties every time. And then, you know, every once in a while I'll get in the low nineties and mid eighties, but, um, I'm just like, I really have nothing to lose. Might as well try something different. It's not really working. I'm about to have a baby this winter. I'm not going to get better at golf next year from all this hours of dedication and practice. So like, why not play around with something different, you know, try it out. But I don't know. I, I'm like, Kind of encouraged by some of the results. Okay. I hear you. And as someone who only hits 29% of their fairways, this may sound a little... Is that a real stat? Unfortunately, it is. Yeah. Shout out shout out to the folks at the gin who are keeping the advanced stats this year. <laughs> like, I know I'm spraying the ball, guys. You don't need to tell me that it's that bad. Yeah, 29%. Skip that hole by hole option. Just enter the total score. Tom. No, it's it's important for me to know. It's in, I I hit I hit I hit it more often in the right rough than I do the fairway. That I know for sure. From there, we'll see what happens. But the thing about the single plane swing that I don't like, and I understand how I sound a little old manny here. There's no romance in that, Nick. There's no. if it's if it's all exactly the same, then. There's nothing unique. A, a a golf swing is like a fingerprint. It's like the rings of a tree. You slice it open. No two are the same. And that's the beauty of it, baby. If we're all out there swinging like Bryson DeChambeau, that's not a world I want to live in. Oh, we're all going to pound at 340, wear a weird hat, drink 17 protein shakes a day? Not on my watch. I'm not into that at all. No, and... I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I probably read about this for 45 minutes before I, you know, grabbed the club, and went to the backyard. And the first 15 minutes, I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is so stupid. But then I was like, let's flip these worlds. Like if if everybody was swinging on one plane and I was like fighting with this two plane swing for a decade, somebody would be like, hey Nick, it's not working. Maybe you should try something new, buddy. Um, and so. That was kind of the thing where I was like, you know what, yeah, maybe I will try something new. And the thing, I mean, like, I, I've had plenty of good days, okay days, striking the ball, where, you know, it doesn't seem to be that terrible. But the very next day, it can be like, I can't even find the club face. And so yeah, that's, that's, well, suppo- that's supposedly what this is supposed to solve. Like, if I can hit it okay every day of the year, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I want to try that out. I'm not sure. Okay, so what kind of commitment are you are you having to this? Is this like for the next two years I'm going to do this, or is it like I I have a baby now and I'm going to not play golf for a while, so I'll just pick up the pieces next summer when I can actually get out? Yeah, I kind of think I kind of think I don't know. I've probably got two or three rounds of golf left in me this year. Um, 
I think I'll stick to it for the rest of the year and then have a kid. And then uh, whenever I touch the clubs again, I'll probably be back to a regular swing. But I don't know. Maybe not. I, I, I mean, we'll see. Well, the At The Turn patrons are waiting with bated breath to hear the updates of the single plane swing. I'm sure some folks out there have tried it. Have you shaved five strokes off your handicap? Please hit us up on Twitter, at the, the turn pod. The, the one thing, I guess, like, kind of long game I was hoping this would provide, which maybe it could, is if I had, like, my my golf swing has always been in a state of emergency. And so it's it's hard to focus resources on other areas of my game. Like, I feel like my short game is is average, and that's it's just basically natural. Like, I don't really work on short game a lot because I'm always just trying to figure out how to find the club face. But if I can know I'm going to hit the ball okay and at least straight, then maybe I could dedicate some hours onto the short game and really lower the scores. Sure. And I'm sorry to laugh. That's just the no, funniest thing you've ever said. My golf swing is in a constant state of emergency. <laughs> uh, we should have we should make t-shirts with that on it. That's... It's outstanding. Well, Nick, so we'll we, all, we, all, we all wish you luck with the single plane swing, but I have to move on to this very oh. fun game that you have put in here. It's just called Tales from the Ridge, Two Truths and a Lie. Now, I think we tried this before, and it didn't work out. Is that is that right? I, I feel like we've tried this in the pod before. We had a uh, we had a segment, like, what's the strangest thing you've ever seen on a golf mm-hmm. course this week? And uh, I don't know if that's the one you're referring to, but that was what kind of inspired. I mean, I, I saw a few more weird things at Hemlock Ridge, and um, this is just maybe a reincarnation of that. So I have I have three facts. I'm going to read them to you, and you're going to have to tell me which one did not happen to me at Hemlock Ridge recently. So two of these things did happen to you at Hemlock Ridge. One did not. Correct. I had to figure it out. You had to figure it out. Can't wait. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Tales from the Ridge, number one, I joined a group with somebody playing a range ball for at least three holes until he lost it. <laughs> that's a good lie if that's not true. That's that's well done. Number two, I joined with somebody who drove a, col- a golf cart with a flat tire for the last seven holes. <laughs> I can't, side note, I can't wait to get out to the Ridge with you and Ash. That's going to be a great time. Oh, my goodness. And number three, I got grass stains on my driver because there was four-inch tall grass on a tee box. Okay, that one's true. That one's true. That one's true. I want the range ball one to be true, so I'm going to say that is true and the flat tire is a lie. So... That is true. That happened at Hemlock Ridge. The other one drove uh, a golf cart with a flat tire for seven holes. Happened to me a year ago at a different course. Not at Hemlock Ridge this year. So that is technically the lie. Joe, I think you just won Tales from the Ridge. <laughs> I hope the the weather stays nice out there so we get more Tales from the Ridge. Okay, so talk to me about this range ball. So was it like yellow? Did you know it was mm-hmm. a range ball immediately? 100%. So what's funny about this is I joined up with this group and it was just a dad and his daughter and uh, we tee off. He hits one down, presumably the center of the fairway, but this hole is severely sloped from right to left and never ended up finding it. And it's the kind of hole where it could kick into the woods. I mean, it really, you're at the mercy of the hole. It doesn't matter where you hit your ball. 
But as we were walking down, I, I, I saw a ball and I was going to go tell this guy it was his, but it was like, it was a Spalding ball. It was, it was probably from like the eighties or nineties. Like it was no joke. And I'm like, well, this definitely isn't his ball. Like I'm going to give him a little credit. And I'm like, like, Hey, Bob, is it a Spalding? <laughs> so we move on. And I didn't even think twice about it. He never found his ball. Still didn't think twice about it till the next hole. I see him teeing up a range ball. And I'm like, no, no way. Like it's a yellow range ball. It's not like a yellow Callaway. Like, it's a marketed golf ball that, like you said, that Ernie Els is playing. No, it is it is unmistakably a range ball. Three black stripes down the side of that baby. And I'm like, no effing way. That First of all, that Spalding was definitely his. Second, <laughs> what is he doing? He played it for three holes. So how is he, how is he putting with that thing? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I, it, it was like he didn't know it was not supposed to be used as a golf ball. I don't know. It, it was... It was weird. Who is the best golfer you've played with at Hemlock Ridge? Like, have you played with a stick out there? I have. I have. Um, I, I played with a guy who shot even par over, over nine holes, and he just he just smashed it and hit every green and, you know, lagged every putt. And it, I think he made, like, a birdie, a bogey, and seven pars. Boring. Who wants to play golf that way? Hemlock Ridge, shout out to you. Do they have any gear? I want a Hemlock Ridge hat for my birthday. I, they, they don't. They, all all they sell is beer and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, Nick, I want to save Would You Rather for the end. So if you don't mind, I'd like to pivot to uh, Halloween. Yeah. So a little bit fortuitous this year. Halloween is on a Saturday. Coming up. Maybe it's already passed by the time you're listening to this. But when we're recording this, we got a couple weeks away. and. I made a tea time for Halloween at noon. Playing this nice course, drains well, shouldn't have an issue even if it rains, so we're excited to do it. And I told Lace this, and she said, are you guys going to dress up? I was like, well, yeah, yeah, we probably should. So I, it started to occur to me, what are some of the best costumes to wear when out on the golf course, where... No explanation is required. People know exactly who you are. So I think the number one is Happy Gilmore. You get a Boston Bruins jersey, sweatpants, and Timberlands. <laughs> and Would you play golf in Timberlands? I may switch up the shoes, but if you if you have the I mean the Boston Bruins jersey is so identifiable, and maybe mm-hmm. not out there. Maybe maybe at Hemlock Ridge. That's just the standard <laughs> outfit. But in the Northwest, you don't see a lot of Bruins jerseys. So you get the Bruins jersey, some sweats, and and you're happy Gilmore. To me, that's the number one most recognizable golf outfit. Yeah, that, that that's a pretty good one. I don't know, I don't know if I could commit to that over the course of a golf round. Really? Just Plus any, you got, any costume? I, no, not no the happy Gilmore costume in particular. Like, I don't know if I'd be out on a, a nice course that drains well in sweatpants and a Bruins shirt. I, I mean, that's just me. Also, when I think of Halloween costumes, this is just the way I'm wired. I'm like, I want the one that I already own the highest percentage of. Like, I don't think a Boston Bruins jersey is cheap. Like, if you were to go buy one, like, sweatpants, yeah. sure, yeah. And I, I'm sure I could find some shoes and, like, a, a, an 80s hat that I could wear, too. Um, but I don't think that, that Boston Bruins jersey is cheap. No. And you can't get, you got to get, like, someone from the 90s, too. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely an investment. And you're right, because if the folks at the pro shop are like, collared shirt, sir, <laughs> I guess it's I'm going home. The 31st. <laughs> and then you're going to buy like a $90 polo, Travis Matthew polo from the freaking pro shop. Yeah, exactly right. 
the next two are from Caddyshack. Uh, Danny Noonan be a really easy one to do. They sell the Bushwood Country Club T-shirts. You tuck that sucker into some jeans, no belt, some Converse. You're good to go. You're Danny Noonan. Exactly. Lacey Underall, also easy for the ladies. You just get that very recognizable Fila golf shirt that she has. I think from the first time you see her on the golf course, the skirt, you're good to go. Very easy, very recognizable. Um, and then as far as professional golfers go, I think there's one that is appropriate, and that's Ricky Fowler. you got to go head-to-toe orange. Now, look, I think this is a great Halloween costume for people who are 14 and under. Yeah, no. You can't – I mean, Nick, if you rolled up to Hemlock Ridge in orange Puma head-to-toe, I don't know. I mean, I, I – Best of luck. I don't, I don't know what to do. If, if anyone in my group showed up wearing that outfit, it'd be very difficult not to laugh at them. Like, if they hit a bad shot and got pissed, I would just start laughing at everything they did. Like, lining up a putt, just like behaving normally, I would lose my mind. Yeah, no, that you can't, you can't be an adult and, and dress like Ricky Fowler. I would argue if your age is in the double digits, if you're, if you're, yeah, no, I don't think. Wait a minute. You're, you're, you're going to tell an 11 year old they can't dress up like Ricky Fowler. Yeah, I think I am. This is not an anti Fowler podcast. It's, it's, it's no, really not. It's, no. And even Ricky has grown out of the orange. He has. It's not. He's toned it down. No, he's toned it down. He's toned he's, it down. He's, which he's is, matured. Which is nice. This, this old timey golfer with the knickers. That's the one. That's the one, and that's that's what I'm going to end up doing. So I look really, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I actually played at a at a country club yesterday, um, and they had like a statue of a guy wearing an old timey outfit. And I told my buddy as we were walking past, because we're certainly not members, we were invited, that I've always wanted to dress up like that, have the cardigan, the tie, the shirt. The knickers, the socks, the whole deal. So I went on Amazon to see if you can get one of these prepackaged, and you can for like fifty-five bucks, but it looks really cheap and like not something I'd want to wear. So I'm thinking this is actually like an investment I'm gonna make. I'm gonna spend a little bit of cash. I'm gonna actually get the sweater. I, you know, I have the shirt and tie. Get some knickers, some argyle socks. I think I can pull this all together for a hundred dollars. Yeah, now, there's a website, golfknickers.com, and um, I'm just going to go ahead and give them a free plug right now. I mean, you can get – I'm looking at Golf Knickers Par 3 Men's Purple Microfiber Sale for $69.95. Sure. Um, so you're looking between between 70 and you can go upwards of, you know, 200 bucks if you want, like, the plaid, you know. But, but yeah, I think um, you, you can definitely – you can definitely so, – some nice-looking threads there. Yeah, here's the thing, though, and – this kind of taps into a conversation we're going to have on a future podcast. Do you feel as though if you dress in a non-conventional way at a golf course, it is incumbent upon you to be at a certain level of excellence to match that outfit or it does not matter? No, 100%. Have, I have to be playing well to show up in this outfit, right? Like my game is lost in a way – it hasn't been for probably two years, unfortunately. So I'm a little bit nervous. I'm. You I'm, can't be going out there hitting 29% of your fairways in in, uh, <laughs> in this kind of attire. That's 100% right. I got to be hitting a lot more fairways, a lot more greens. I got to be going out there with a mindset. I'm going to be shooting in the 70s. I'm going to wear this outfit, right? 100%. Yeah, you can't. You can't be writing down an eight 
on the the front of your scorecard uh, in this kind of outfit. It reminds me of one of my favorite shows when I was in college, uh, How I Met Your Mother. And if you remember the episode, The Crazy Hot Scale. So this was Barney Stinson's theory. It's not mine. The hotter a woman is, the more crazy she is. So it's just it's just a sliding scale. So it's the same thing. The the more extravagant your outfit is, the better your game has got to be. Like if if you're not in good shape, you gotta you gotta be wearing like the most neutral, toned down outfit. I just wear blacks, grays, everything. You know, I don't I don't put a hint of color in my outfit. Now maybe if I'm flirting with with something in the 80s, you know, I'll throw on like a like a pink polo, you know, a little bit of contrast, get a little color, some flair. But no, right now it's just like the blacks, the whites, the grays. If you're going to be rocking the knickers or the all orange, you got to have the game to back it up. Now, look, while I may be hitting 29% of my fairways, I am hitting 30 putts. So it's not like my game is in complete shambles. I have to make that clear for the listeners. I'm still a 7. I'm not ballooning up to a 15. So that's going to make that clear right now. But I don't feel like I'm going to walk on a golf course and shoot par. And I do feel like that a lot of the time. So I really have a lot of evaluating to do. But to take it back to the original point, you think that that is the number in the golf course is like the old timey Walter Hagen tie knickers socks. Yeah, definitely. Especially on Halloween. First of all, number one, happy Gilmore. Love it for a party. Hate it for a co- You don't want to, you, you don't want to be out there playing around a golf in that. If somebody sees you from two fairways away, or maybe you're on their fairway, sorry, not, not fair, Jad, I had to slide it in there, but they're going to instantly know what you're doing if you're in this old-timey outfit. They're like, oh, it's Halloween. Look at this guy. That's awesome. That's cool. Classy. So, yeah, yeah. And you don't think they get that reaction for Happy Gilmore? I mean, I, I think you would get it, but... Not quite so much. I think, I think the initial reaction, the initial reaction would be like, what the hell is this guy doing? I just got to have some really good <laughs> happy Gilmore one-liners prepared to say that. I know. Yeah, it's true. You got to stay in character, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Go back to your home. Those exactly. Guys play with you. After five hours of that, they'll be like, okay, we want Joe back. <laughs> this guy's 40 over right now. He's got to. Uh, do you have anything else to cover before we get to would you rather? No. I do have one thing to cover, Nick. You know, even though I'm hitting 29% of my fairways, I am hitting 52% of my greens in regulation. Mm. And do you know why? Do you know why I'm doing that? You must be great out of the rough. I'm very good. I know how the Oregon grass grows very Mm. well, how my ball is going to react. But also, I have very precise distances. And do you know why? Of course you know why. It's because I have Precision Pro rangefinders. They come in all shapes and sizes. And you can get incredible deals. Christmas, it's right around the corner. You can't stop it. You have to get gifts for mom, for dad, for your cousins, for your brother-in-law you don't like very much. You got to get him something. And what you're going to get them all? Rangefinders. Use that promo code TURN10 at checkout. Nick, how much do they save? $10. Turn $10. We're giving them away. They can't keep them on the shelves. I want to be friends with the guy who's getting all of his friends and family a rangefinder for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need to expand <laughs> the at the turn circle and get those people in our friend group. Turn 10 at checkout gets you incredible deals at precisionprogolf.com. Okay, Nick, this is a would you rather that we came up during the last episode. And I'm pretty excited for it because oftentimes when I think 
we're going to pick the same one. We have wildly different opinions, and I think this is another one of those instances. So I pose to you this would you rather. Would you rather play with someone who plays very fast or is an expert at finding golf balls? I would rather play with somebody who's an expert at finding golf balls. Which... Uh, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I started to tell you the story from uh, last month. I went out to Idaho, played around with Romy and our other friend, Matt Voorhees. And we played 36 holes that day. And me and Voorhees had a bet of – we had a $2 skin on if anyone could play one ball for all 36 holes. And – so many times on that second 18 at Palouse Ridge, you've been to Palouse Ridge, there's fescue all over the place. If you miss the fairway, you're probably not going to find your ball. And Voorhees right. is not a fairway finder. He's not. He hits the ball a long ways. It might go straight. It might go left. It might go right. Who knows? And every single time, I'm like, oh, there it is. It's gone. Finally, Romy, show up out of nowhere and be like, oh, yeah, it's over here. I got you. Got you. Is it a, is it a tailor made seven? Yeah, because he's been playing it for the last seven hours. You know it's a tailor made seven. Does it have scuff marks all over it? Yeah, that's the one. Every single time he eventually hit it in the water on the thirty fifth hole. Thank you very much. Two dollars. How did you react when that happened? By the way. Well, I actually didn't see it because he was he'd been hacking out of the rough like two or three times, and then I was already past the water. And, uh, when he hit it in, so, so Romy, they told me on the next tee box and, uh, I, I acted like I, I was sad for him, but I wasn't. <laughs> Voorhees doesn't listen, I would, I would imagine. Ugh, no. And um, I. <laughs> so wait a minute. I'm confused then. You would rather play with someone who's an expert at finding balls. Yes, I would, because I know I just have this long story about Voorhees, but that benefited me quite a bit too. Uh, so, uh, Romy found a couple of my balls. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to have someone out there helping you. And also, I don't like necessarily playing with somebody who is in a rush. Okay. I have to, I have to take off my jacket for my answer because I know okay. I'm going to get heated during this. Okay. So here's the thing, people. Okay. Here's the thing. You know what's really easy to do in the game of golf? Watch your golf ball when you hit it. It's so easy. When you hit it, you watch where it goes. You see the tree? Okay, there's four trees on the left side. You saw it went by the second tree, so walk to the second tree. Keep a lens to where your ball goes. Take it from someone who misses 71% of the fairways. <laughs> that finding your golf ball is very easy to do. You just My eyesight isn't very good. I still know where to go. Find your golf balls. It's so simple. There's nothing more tedious than playing with someone who has no idea where their golf ball doesn't go. Now, look, if it's an inexperienced golfer, someone who's not used to being on a golf course, that's a completely different story. I'm not talking about those people. It's those who are avid golfers and consistently unable to find their golf ball. And not even not able to find their golf ball. Like, if it goes in a pile of leaves or if it's in some thick rough or fescue, sure, it's going to take a while to find but playing with people who are always like 30 yards away from where their ball ends up drives me insane. People, watch where you're going. I know you're frustrated you hit it in the rough. I'm frustrated too. It's been well documented over the past 35 minutes how often that happens to me. But I do find my golf ball. You know what's worse than missing a fairway? Missing your golf ball. So just keep an eye out. Make sure you that find is, That should be on a shirt. <laughs> We're just stitching stuff on pillows today. Oh, my God. And look, 
I think playing fast is great. I think people should do it more often. Um, you know how many putts people make when they just walk up to the ball? Like, basically when they've given up on the hole and they just step up and they tap it from five feet. How often does a person make that putt as opposed to grinding over a five-footer? Play faster. It's more fun. I have this gal who I play with. I call her a gal. She's in her mid-60s. We worked in radio for a while. She was one of my favorite golf partners. She consistently shoots over 110, but she plays faster than anybody. She tees up her ball, no practice swings, she's off. She gets to her ball, no practice swings, she's off. She has a great time making an eight out there. It's a lot of fun. So fast. Play fast. Find your golf ball. It's so easy to do. Nick, am I wrong so which, about the find the golf okay, ball thing? Hold on. I've, which one would you rather than? Somebody who play, finds their ball? No, I want someone who plays fast, plays okay. fast, because I, everybody should be an expert at finding their own golf ball. Sure. So, yes. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I played around with Ashley, and every single she's playing ready golf from tee to green. Fine, that's 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 awesome. We get to you know we're both like two yards off the green. I would like go over to drop my bag, grab my wedges, you know, walk over to my ball. She's already chipping. I can tell she's like she's like moving very fast. She's hitting every putt quickly, and I'm like. Feeling very rushed, and I don't know if she's just not not feeling like playing golf, or if she's uncomfortable, or what the deal is. But every hole, she's just like rushing, and then like it's making me rush. And I'm like, well, instead of me like thinking about my shot, I'm thinking about, I just better hit my shot quickly. And look, I don't think I'm a slow player. I don't think I'm a fast player. I think I like to be in a rhythm and kind of go through the same routine. And I think, you know, if I'm out on my own, I'll play nine holes in 90 minutes. I think it's pretty reasonable but i'm not trying to set the speed record out there after the round ashley's like i shouldn't have done that i started my watch and i was timing us on every hole and she went through the splits she's like i think there was like five holes we were under eight minutes and i'm like gee what are you what are we doing why why did she do it? was she just curious or was she trying to play as fast as possible uh, she times everything she times it when we walk the dogs she she time i mean Literally, she just starts her watch and just times everything. And so I, I just uh, felt very rushed. So I was like, yeah, I, bet. I don't, I don't really, <laughs> like, I don't really, I, it was distracting. That's, that's, I like to get into a rhythm. That's incredible. Well, when I come out to Hemlock Ridge, we're going to play some speed golf. It's going to be a great time. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, buddy, I, I, I'd rather have, I don't want people to rush, but I think by and large, people take way too much time over the ball. Agreed. Have Agreed. a routine. Stick to it, but if your routine gets in the way, like if you're taking twice as long as everyone else in your group, you're taking too long. It's as simple as that. Like, just get up to your ball and hit it. Are you shooting in the 70s? No. Maybe pick up the pace a little bit. Just let's go. But again, I'm not going to go on a crazy rant again, but if you hit your golf ball, Know where it goes. It's it's so simple. It's such an easy thing to do. How much do you? How much time do you dedicate to helping somebody else find their ball who clearly wasn't watching where it landed? Like, do a you lot. go over and help them? And you you just like, no matter what, you're gonna do the right thing and go and help search for their ball. Yeah, because I don't think if someone plays golf a lot and they don't watch where their golf ball goes after they hit it, I don't think there's anything I'm going to be able to say to them that is going to change that behavior. So. 
if I know someone is bad at finding their golf ball or just doesn't care and is not going to look for it, I will take it upon myself to be Eagle Eye Simons out there and know <laughs> that, okay, I'm in the left rough, goofball is in the right rough, and I know it's four trees up the fairway, so I better go over there and mark their ball because they're going to be two trees back, and this is going to add five minutes to the hole. So basically, to keep everything moving, I will make sure that I know what the hell everyone else is doing in the group. Yeah, that's nice of you. I Thank think you, you. Can, I, I still think you can say something. The best, just, just. No, I do say stuff. Okay. It's just that I know it's not going to change their behavior. Not, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Not well, look, I'm I'm very excited as we get into November. Nick, you you're you're going to stop posting scores here in a couple of weeks, right? You're you're done at the end of the month. Oh yeah, huh? yeah. I might I might have one more score. I got a uh, maybe even not. My my dad and brother are coming in for um for a week, so I don't think I'll be playing too much golf. So. Ah, Jim and Jesse, they stayed at the house. Yeah. Hell yeah, what a party. I wish I was there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, Lace doesn't know this because she's going to be out of town, but I'm playing nine holes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we have oh plenty God. of opportunities ah. to get our game back on track this week. There's always the next round. Very excited, and we're not done posted until November 30th. So mm. we're just we're just getting started down here in Portland, Oregon. Very excited for the rest of the golf season. Again, turn 10 at checkout. PrecisionPro.com, incredible savings. Nick, are you going to buy Jim and Jesse rangefinders for Christmas? Actually, you know what? Don't answer that because you're going to spoil the surprise on Christmas morning. Exactly. They list, they're listeners, so I couldn't, okay. I, I couldn't give it away. Understood. Um, when should we – is our next episode a master's preview for goodness? We need a master's preview, yeah. Whoa. I've been waiting all year for this. I have to tell you, I've identified my winner already, and it's going to be shocking to you and the listeners. I can't wait to drop it on it, everybody. I can't wait. It's not Xander Schauffele. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your patronage as always. Just find your damn ball. Look at where your ball goes. We love you. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.